Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. In this hour in 27 seconds time, daily face-offs, Frank Saravalli for the Horses and Horse Racing in Alberta. Uh, we will have an update from the farm with Colin Chalk. He had a real good weekend of the Bakersfield Condors. Reed Wilkins is going to slide by as now. You can text us on the Ashley Pine Floors text line 780-496-0063. Get the new floors you always wanted, Ashley Pine Floors. 143rd Street, 111th Avenue, open Monday to Saturday. We head off to the River Cree Resort and Casino Hotline. The River Cree Resort and Casino Excitement. Bet on it. And welcome back to the show. Daily Face-Offs, Frank Saravalli for Horse Racing Alberta. Experience live standard bread racing Friday and Saturday, Century Mile Racetrack and Casino. For more information, head to the Horses.com. He is back in Philly after spending the last several days here in Edmonton. Frank, it was great seeing you and your family uh, Saturday night. How are you doing? I'm good. Yeah, thanks a lot for having us. It was um, my kids didn't want to come home. They absolutely loved uh, the weekend we had in Edmonton, and it was great to to see everyone and be in town and, and catch a couple games. All right. Well, you got to tell a story about Christian, your son. Who did he do his uh, school project on? Wayne Gretzky. He's the only kid I can guarantee you in Philly last year wearing an Oiler jersey to school. You know, you're going to score points. Uh, uh, you had me at hello on that one, let me tell you. All right, I, we just had Mac. It's T- almost like you have to show someone. I had to send you the picture for someone to believe it. Yeah, uh, I did send the picture. Uh, forward, bait it forward. Uh, all right, here we go. Uh we, I talked uh, with Matt T about this. There's, there, uh, we'll save the text for a little bit later on in the conversation. Your overall assessment on the Heritage Classic from a, a guy who's been at a lot of these events around the league, mm-hmm. what'd you think? Oh, I thought Edmonton put on a show. I mean, first off, everyone knows what the weather was like in the few days leading up to it. It ended up being absolutely perfect, perfect ODR weather. Um, wasn't cold. Uh, but just crisp and nice, and the sun really helped. It was a beautiful day, um, all things considered. Um, I thought the way everything looked and and presented was great. Um, I thought all the right notes were hit by the league, including the um, acknowledgement of of Adam Johnson and his passing. I mean, everything about it was just about as picture-perfect as you could get, you know. I thought Nickelback did a great job. I mean, everything really set up nicely. Hey, they had a real Alberta advantage, one of my favorite bands as well. You know what, just for that, uh, as we wrap this, uh, well, Kellen Kennedy, if you could cue up a little brother by Rural Alberta Advantage to close out uh, Frank in about 18 minutes' time, that'd be awesome. So, uh, and and it had another part to it that was really important for Oilers fans. The Oilers, show, they showed up and they dominated the game. At five on five, it wasn't close, Frank. It wasn't, and that's what I thought was so important, especially the way the way that first seven minutes of the game went. I thought there was a chance the Flames were going to get absolutely run out of town. So, uh, actually, credit to Calgary for... Hanging around? Yeah, they, they actually had a little bit of pushback um, as the game went on. But just the, com- the compete was there that we had talked about you know, later last week that seemed to be missing. And that was a pretty significant, I don't want to say milestone, but stepping stone for this Oiler team to get back in the right direction is that's, that's something they can control. What I think the message was pretty clear over the weekend. What kind of team do you want to be? And, 
they had some soul searching to do, I think, in order to get to that point. And maybe they had uh, a little bit of help in that guidance along the way by having a, you know, one of the greatest defensemen of all time, amongst others. Uh, it's, it's been reported now. Uh, you know, you get a source of inspiration and conversation with lots of different people, but they also got their captain back, and he's the world's best player. Yeah. And it changed the narrative for the second line, who absolutely dominated the hockey game five on five. Your thoughts on, hey, now, 4.45 a week ago Sunday, the Oilers put out that Connor McDavid would be out a week or two, 4.45. Puck drop was 5.20, 24 hours and 35 minutes later. Hmm. Coincidence or circumstance? What do you think, No. Mike? The Oilers knew exactly what they were doing. I, I mean, look, I don't think even 48 hours before the Heritage Classic did they really know for sure that he was going to play. I think they, everyone had a sense that he was going to try, and no one wanted to be in a position where, you know, Connor McDavid is putting himself or, or even a couple weeks extra time in jeopardy by playing, but just the competitor that he is, you knew he was going to give it everything he could. And the second you saw him out there buzzing around at practice on Saturday evening, you knew there was no way they were playing the Heritage Classic without him. Yeah, and you had that uh, Saturday morning that he would be uh, at practice that day. Yeah. All right. By the way, you said narrative. Like I thought one of the best parts about Sunday was just the, the two Edmonton natives having an impact. I mean, I guess you consider Stoney playing a – uh, in Edmonton. It's Edmonton. Uh, yeah. I mean, Kulak getting that first one, and, and I thought Stuart Skinner was excellent. They really needed a night like that from Skinner. Well, He uh, didn't have a ton of work through the first two periods, you know, yep. 30 minutes, but that, that sometimes those are harder games to play sometimes. Yeah, well, and, you know, Frank, uh, the establishment we were at on Saturday night, we walked right by the entire Kulak entourage, including Stu Kulak, who uh, was with the Oilers in the mid-1980s, so it was pretty cool as well. So it was, uh, you know, and, and sometimes it can be difficult for the home team to play because you have so much entertaining taking place. Now, in this situation, by the way, what did you think of the get-ups? The, you know, the Oilers uh, uh, attired in their I, – is it the Athletic that has the style rankings around the league? Uh, I'm, As you know, not a lot of people uh, equate me with style and panache. Yeah, I was going to say me either. Maybe a little with panache, but not with style. Uh, but I, I, I love that the two organizations and their players embrace the day. You know what I mean? Yeah. I said this on Calgary radio today, so I'm not pandering to the market. I gave a thumbs up to the Oilers and thumbs down to the Flames. Um, I, I get what they were going for, but they lost me without without the tarps. I don't know what what the message was there, uh, other than as uh, as the Kelsey brothers say on their podcast, uh, when you take your shirt off, you've got nature's thermometers right there for you. Um, but I mean, short of that, uh, I liked that the Oilers, it was, it seemed authentic. I'll say that. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's get to some of the specifics. So McDavid was playing with Drysaddle and, and Fogel, but the line that dominated the game for Edmonton, and I mean, dominated the game, uh, eight high danger Corsi for zero high danger Corsi against that's pretty dominant, uh, was Nugent Hopkins between Kane and Hyman, and Hyman has just been unbelievable in these games, and Kane had a great week for Edmonton, and Mac T mentioned it. He got physical, and that got his game going. Oh, uh, he, he almost put a guy into row one, which 
you know how far away that was from the rink. <laughs> yes. I yeah. mean, he he certainly came to play. And, you know, look, that's the Evander Kane that the Oilers desperately need. He when he's when he's going, he's someone that drags everyone else into the fight. And I don't know why that's seems to be missing at times or not as consistent as it could be. It kind of felt like when he first arrived that you were continually and consistently getting that kind of impact. And it hasn't been the last, I'd say almost since we, and we know the injury in the playoffs, but even a touch before then, he just wasn't, hadn't been quite the same. And that's a pretty encouraging sign. Last three games have been really good. Uh, So that line just destroyed it. Hyman's money in these games. Uh, we talked about this with Mac T a bit about some of the support scoring, and Edmonton went into that game uh, with the line of McLeod, with Holloway and Brown, and then Yanmark, Ryan, and Ernie. Those guys didn't have a point through the first seven games. Derek Ryan had a very subtle good performance yesterday, in my opinion, for Edmonton. And no, this isn't the president of the fan club saying that. It was felt by his teammates as well. He was there out there at critical moments. He went six and two in the face-off circle. He won. Not the that. president of the U of A fan club. No, 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 no. Why? Well, I'm saying they're number three in the country. I'm on their board too. Uh, this text comes in. Mac T talked about Connor Brown. I must say, this texter says Con- Connor Brown's getting better each game he plays. Others are saying, what are the Oilers going to do with Connor Brown? There's nothing to do here. Like This player had other options. He had term that he could have got from other teams. This was the agreement that was in place. He's getting his bonus at the 10-game mark, and the Oilers just got to, with Connor Brown, get him going. Like The the people out there that think, well, maybe they should send him down to the minors or something. Come on. Yeah, that's what I say. That's that's crazy talk. And look, this was going to take time. I mean... I don't know any player that that misses that much game action. You're a talking year. A, year. a calendar year to think that you're going to step back in and and all of a sudden be a 50 point player again without any rust or signs of it to start. I mean, it's unrealistic. So I'm a believer in Connor Brown. I have been. I thought there's a reason why he was so sought after, and it wasn't just because of the unique contract structure. When he's playing, he can also impact the game in a lot of different ways. That hasn't happened to this point. I mean, go back to the first game of the year. It's so abundantly obvious that the timing is off. How many glorious chances did he have to score? It's not that he's not in the right position or he's not making the right reads or whatever it might be. This is going to take a little bit of time to get where he needs to get to. And I'm going to say... By game 30 or 35, you're going to eventually see the real Connor Brown, and you're going to understand why he's he was so sought after and why Connor McDavid personally recruited him. All right, so the Oilers played Calgary. Let's talk a bit about them. Uh, they had no juice five on five. They battled back in stages in large part because Markstrom kept them in the game 3-1 early in the second when the Oilers pumped eight shots on goal. I mean, a couple of five on threes didn't know. They, they, got, they got some help along the way to stay in that game. Give me what, your... did, what did the Oilers ever do to Garrett Rank? I'm kidding. Wow. Were we telepathically thinking the same line there for certainly on the second five? I know Nurse punched him, but I mean... You know, Maji I didn't have any issue with the dry sidle, um, yeah, playing with a broken stick. You got to drop it. You know that since you're seven years old, you break your stick, you got to drop it. You can't make a play on the puck. He was good with his feet, though, wasn't he? 
What a surprise. It was really weird how big that kick was. Yeah, Rick Booten, yeah, I, don't, I don't think any of the German soccer teams are coming after him anytime soon. Uh, maybe not. A swipe. Uh, yeah, uh, they get all their best players from it. I'm just kidding. They did win the 2014 World Cup. They focused on skill after bombing out of the 2000 year old. That's enough soccer talk, Bob. Uh, I want to talk about the Flames. They've got Noah Hannafin. Mm-hmm. they got Elias Lindholm. they got Chris Tanev. Actually, the guy that I thought played well yesterday was Zadorov. Like, he's a really noticeable guy out there. Uh, but they got the three defensemen that are... Maybe pending, not in a good way. Uh, three pending UFAs. Uh, not afraid to speak about the current uh, geopolitical situation in Russia. Uh, or about his own team. Yes. Uh, brutally honest, some would say. So... Do you think the Flames' tepid start to the season has maybe changed the possible narrative? Some people thought we had a pending deal for Noah Hannafin. What's Calgary going to do here? What do you think? Yeah, I had reported early last week that I don't know if it was fair to say the things that hit a snag, but there was certainly an idea out there that between the Flames and Hannafin, whatever progress that they had made on conversation in terms of an extension, um, it was put on hold. And I think this is a really interesting, if you were talking 30,000 foot view of, uh, of the Calgary Flames, this, this right now, and it's not because of just the Heritage Classic, it's really their start of the season. This is an inflection point for the franchise. Where do they go from here? They've got all the pending UFAs that you mentioned. And I think if you're one of them, you personally would probably have some pause if your question and and main consideration is to have a chance to compete for a Stanley Cup, but also similarly for management. I think the last thing you want to do and, and the cautionary tale that exists out there is to become the New York Islanders of the West. Don't have all of your guys locked in and your salary cap table and picture completely full for the next number of years with 15 or 18 skaters on longer-term deals for a team that already is not making the playoffs or, if they are, aren't a threat to win. And that's really the big question mark. I I thought this Flames team would be improved. I really liked what I saw and heard from them when I spent some time in Calgary in training camp. I thought an, an opportunity to... You know, move on from Daryl Sutter. The players were in a different headspace. And I love that Zadarov called them out and said, Daryl's gone. What's the excuse now? I think a lot of the focus is squarely on the players. I think they have some chemistry issues. And there's something about when, when you have a player three weeks into a season calling out a, a team as a collection of individuals, to paraphrase him, that's, that's the biggest headline in the month of October, as far as I'm concerned, in the NHL, you never see someone that openly critical this early in the season. And that, to me, it might be blunt, but that, to me, is real leadership. Uh, daily face-off strength Sarah Valley for horse racing Alberta experience live standard bird racing Fridays and Saturdays at Century Mile Racetrack and Casino for more info head to thehorses.com Frank we were at for dinner uh, we were at dinner Saturday when uh, the news broke about Adam Johnson um, I delayed to watch the video of it it's brutal to watch it's tough to watch it's tough to watch it's a tragic story I actually didn't watch it until this afternoon me too Today was the first day. Uh, are we going to see 
I mean, we have Kevlar for guys for ankles now, for Achilles tendons and those sort of things. Uh, you know, we saw what happened last year with Evander Kane. This one's just, this is just a, a brutal situation. Uh, is it inevitable we're going to end up with, uh, you know, some form of protection for next? What do you think? We should. I mean, it's such an easy change to make, and there's the material out there to make it so that for all these guys that wear an Under Armour-like tech shirt underneath their, their equipment anyway, this is just an addition to that. It's built right into the shirt. And I'm actually working on a story right now with TJ Oshie. His brand, it's called War Road Hockey for the town War Road, Minnesota. Sure, it's where the Christians were from. Yes, he he's actually he went out on his own and didn't see a product like this on the market that had both the cut proof neck protection and wrist protection in the same garment. He went out and made it on his own. Uh, it actually sold out this weekend after um, the death of Adam Johnson, not surprisingly. But it's, this is every hockey parent's worst nightmare. Yeah. It's amazing to me that in the U.S. coaching kids neck neck protection and neck guards are not mandatory and i think what bothers me more about this is the nhl has actually been pushing behind the scenes to make this mandatory and the pushback has actually come from the nhl pa and the union saying we'd like players to have freedom of choice and and i'm all for freedom of choice if you've heard me at any point over the last couple of years we know you're for freedom of choice i always advocate for that but at some point you have to protect people from themselves and this seems like a really sensible way to do it guys are more athletic agile it's there's a lot of scary things that can happen out there and, uh, and frankly with the close calls we've had in the nhl to this point I'm kind of surprised it hasn't happened already. So um, it's a tough, tough situation that a lot of people, I think, are grappling with. But I, I think it's the impetus we need for change. All right. Great stuff uh, in a difficult situation. Frank, much appreciate your time. It was great seeing you in town last weekend and or this past weekend. And we look forward to hooking up again on Friday, okay? Yep, sounds good. Have a good week. That is. Yes, thank you very much. for the uh, From Daily Faceoff, Frank Cervelli. For Horse Racing Alberta, experience live standard bed racing Friday and Saturday at Century Mile Racetrack and Casino. For more information, head to thehorses.com. Guests on the show receive gift cards to Japanese Village, now open for lunch at Edmonton South and West Edmonton Mall. Japanese Village, an afternoon celebration for the census. Visit jbedmonton.ca. Uh, we'll return. We'll work in a couple of your texts when we get back in orders now. In the darkness, I'll be Love back. it. Nicely done, Kellen. Rural Alberta Advantage. When we talk about Brent Ridge Ford and President's Award for customer satisfaction, their full transparency, customer care after the purchase, it's all part of the reason why Brent Ridge Ford in Wetaska and where cars cost less has success. But another factor, stability, like any great franchise. Service manager Kevin started back in 98. Flames fan Chris is the sales manager. He started 99. Uncle Meltz, the rookie, joined Brent Ridge Ford in 02. I know from personal experience, the whole Brent Ridge Ford staff are committed to ensuring your customer experience is a positive one. Brent Ridge Ford, your Ford truck authority on the auto mile in Wetaskiwin. Um, yeah, we got time to uh, get to it. Let's go to the orders now. Injury report brought to you all season long by James H. Brown. Injury lawyers, when accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. Trent Brown's going to be pumped up because the Alberta Golden Bears football team hosts Saskatchewan. 
at uh, 5 o'clock Saturday. The Oilers play Nashville at 1. Cam Moon and myself are doing the triple header. We're going, uh, obviously, we're broadcasting the Oilers-Nashville game. Then we're doing uh, Golden Bears football against Saskatchewan. Reed Wilkins got their quarterback, Eli Hetlinger, coming up today. We'll hear from Reed a little bit later on. And then the Bears hockey team plays Saskatchewan. Saskatchewan's football, hockey, and basketball teams are all in town this weekend. How about that? Uh, The Dawn says, Bob, I enjoyed the Heritage Classic. Well done, and we won. All in all, a good game. As you know, I watch most of the Bakersfield Condors games, says the Don. Rodriguez has played very well. Lavoie was a beast. Two goals and assists, a great fight. He didn't want to fight until he got mad. Then he destroyed the Tucson guy who I've never heard of. That's uh, Justin Barron, I believe, where it's a Barron. It's either Morgan or Justin, one of the Barons. He ended up fighting. 629 in Edmonton. Off to a global news weather traffic update. Thomas Dias still to come. Uh, uh, Colin Chuck, the head coach of the Bakersfield Condors, Reed Wilkins from Inside Sports.